0: Welcome to Your Property Podcast. Today is the 15th of July 2020 and my name is Michelle Cairns, your host for today. And we have with us Stephen Moss from Sourced Group. So um, a big warm welcome to you, Steve. Hi, how are you doing?
1: Hi, Michelle. Thank you for having me. Good to uh, to see you and speak to you again.
0: Yeah, it's funny, this old property world and um, people who listen to these podcasts with me, you know, I've usually got some story of how I've met the people on the podcasts. And um, just by chance you came to one of my meetings in Chester and uh, to talk about the business and you know the opportunities that were available so I I do have a bit of background uh, about you and and the business and what it entails but um, and you know I was really impressed with it actually so I'm looking forward to sharing the business model with the listeners and feel free to talk about all aspects of it but uh, we are going to be focusing more on the peer-to-peer lending uh, today but So what? give us a high-level overview of what Sourced does or is, and then how did you get into it?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, So Sourced Group is a collection of uh, of companies. We we all operate under the Sourced banner uh, umbrella, um, and we all kind of link in really nicely to each other. So we've got five areas. We've got uh, a property department where we uh, package and sell investment opportunities to investors, Uh, We have a developments uh, team, so we're developing over 200 million pounds worth of properties uh, across the UK. Uh, We have a care section, so a team of people that look for properties and work with our team to uh, provide care, uh, you know, suitable properties for the care uh, industry. Uh, We have our franchise network, network, and so a um, a really good network, very strong network across the UK of people that are looking for investment opportunities, um, and that's grown very very quickly and a very successful part of the business. And then, as you said, uh, finally, the, the uh, peer-to-peer lending, the, the capital of our business, so probably the newest part of our business, um, but it's going very quickly and uh, complements the, the rest of the business. And it, it's kind of really just working with investors so that allowing everybody to invest in different ways, whether it's new build, existing stock, HMOs, different types of structure, service accommodation, or, or simply investing, pensions, ISAs, still getting a good return from property development
0: well i thought i was busy but there's a lot going on here (laughs) and you know what i I remember thinking and 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 hearing all about the different elements and areas of this business but once you understand each area it's really easy to see how they all overlap and like fit in together so you're providing whether it's the investor uh, the client the landlord uh, whoever it is the full package so they don't really need to go anywhere else they can do everything they want to do within uh within that business model which i think is fantastic and makes a lot of sense um so which one did you start with and what what kind of sparked the idea to to create yeah, this business?
1: I, I think it's important to say that you know you probably like yourself michelle you meet a lot of people and they say we do this we do this 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 and you can end up with a hundred services and you know we're keen not to become that that sort of business if you like because for us we've started and grown um, part you know an area of the business first got it established mm-hmm. then looked at the next part and, and that's really been our strategy so we we started the um the franchise model a uh, network of, of people um first and, and that was always really a quite a clear goal that we build this this franchise uh, team of people across the UK Um, And ultimately the franchise model is there to support these people so that, you know, that their role is to find an investment opportunity um, and then they've got two options. They can either sell it and our property team then help them sell it to, uh, to our investor database or attract new investors or alternatively they want to do the property themselves. So they want to develop it or convert it at which point they go to our capital team um, and they raise funding for them. So straight away, just off the, off the, um, franchise side that created the other two areas in terms of the the property team and then the uh, the capital team Um, and on the back of that then as we've started to develop property it's created our own developments and and the care industry has been a nice complement to it as well so so yeah initial stage stage one was the franchise team you know build the franchise network make sure overcome the objections make sure that you know we're, we're providing the training the level of uh of leads and quality that they need to be successful, and you know it, it was unique. It's quite a different type of um, franchise opportunity or, or way of approaching the investment market. Um, and when I f- we first looked at it, there were people that were saying it can't work because of this or that. Um, and it's been nice because we're you know we're, we're almost three years three years old with that, and we're proving that well it is working. It's going very well, and so we've got some people making ridiculous amounts of money, which is fantastic.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Well, ridiculous as in everyone's a winner, you know, that, uh, (laughs) you know, if they can find the deal. And what I like about it is you, you, like I said, you provide everything. So essentially you provide the deals and you provide the investors. So if the, you know, the people who are running that part of the business, they don't want the deal, then they can connect other people and and make a profit out of that. So
1: um, It's interesting you say that as well, because some people then approach us and say, well, why do you need us? You know, if you've got this group of investors and you've got, or, or a pot of investors and you've got a uh, capital, so you've got access to fund, why do you need us? And that, that's kind of like a quite a small-minded approach to it, you know, in terms of, well, this, if we were to do this ourselves, we could probably manage, I don't know, let's like say five projects as an example. You know, we've got yeah. over £280 million worth of projects. So, And that's because we're working across the whole of the UK with really good people meaning we can all do more we can all achieve more and it helps everybody along the way as well so it's just a, a different sort of bigger bigger approach I suppose
0: and also I think there's a skill as quite an art to matching a deal or a property with an investor because I think one thing that I think comes up at time and time again is oh this is or isn't a deal and I think a deal is just really dependent on somebody's criteria. A deal might be 4% ROI, you know, on a single let in a good location that's going to have capital appreciation over the long term. So, uh, but that's not a deal for everyone. So I think there is uh, a role that's played there by your team that, you know, work with both sides, the investor and the, uh, and the vendors.
1: Absolutely. I mean, you know, head office. So part of uh, part of our structure is when a franchisee finds an opportunity, they can put it through head office to review it for them and, and it's just you know it's not a case where we're checking up on people it's more of a case of it's bouncing ideas off people to mm-hmm. see can we make more money out of it or is it going to be attractive enough to investors and yeah. our, our team at HQ you know they look at over 500 deals a month um, and, and it's really good because then we we could build sort of steps of what you need to look for what we know investors are looking for in the market and it actually puts us in a really nice position because the market changes all the time you know i was one of these moaning old buggers that um, sort of five years ago, 10 years ago, I was saying HMOs are dead, HMOs are dead because there's too many, there's too bloody many of them. That's yeah, true. you know, if we send the HMO out, it's probably the most, it generates the most inquiries um, out of everything. So the reality of it is, yeah, the old fashioned HMOs are probably dead, but, you know, people are coming up with these funky rooms and um, funky approaches and there's a market for it. That, that's the reality. So, um, yeah, it, there is a skill to it and it, it's, it's time consuming. I think one of the big mistakes people make when they're doing this um, quite often is uh, cash flow you know they they try and make a deal work rather than a, a deal working so quite often if they find an opportunity and they're a little bit tight on money so they need it to work so that way there's a panic and it's it's really important it's really urgent um, whereas you're trying to make a deal work when it's not a deal and it's you've just got to be aware of that and again that's really what the, the head office team do in terms of supporting and feedback to say, look you need to move on from this one. Mm. Otherwise, you can, you can just get lost in one deal, can't you?
0: Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So tell us a bit about your background then. Have you always been in property?
1: Yeah. So I've been in property for 20 years. Um, I started uh, in a state agency, uh, grew my own agency to six offices uh, in the Northwest um, and then sold. Uh, I then set up a business called Legal for Landlords um which i ran for eight nine years uh before selling up so um always in property even legal landlords we were, we dealt with agents tenant referencing evictions that, that side of the business but we were always doing projects on the side and um structuring, structuring uh, deals and things like that so it, it was you know a real keen interest and hobby and when i sold the business um I didn't didn't sell it with the plan to do anything in particular. It was more of a case of take some time out, just enjoy it. I started to buy a few properties, developing them. Um, I then got asked to help out at a peer to peer platform or a crowdfunding platform. So I went in to help them, um, help them structure the business and, and, and look at the property side. Um, and after leaving that and thinking about it and, and looking at the model with a franchise network, um, it was clear that there's a big opportunity there which you know there's a lot of people in the property sector particularly I found that you know I was dealing with on a day-to-day basis they were finding some great properties um, you know some really good good sources they know what they're doing um, and then sort of five six years later when I catch up with them they were still doing exactly the same thing and they were making say three 000, four thousand pound a deal whereas they, they had more knowledge than the investors they could have done mm. that deal with their eyes closed but yeah. they were either they just needed the handholding or they just didn't have the cash. Yeah. And that's really why the model kind of excelled in the way it has, because we give you those resources to to take you to that next level, really.
0: Yeah, absolutely. It's one of those, isn't it? A chicken or the egg, which comes first, the deal or the money, but
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> um, yeah definitely.
0: You, you know, you're providing both aren't you for people. So um...
1: yeah, it's, it's trying to cover as many boxes as we can to, to help people be successful with it. And um, you know, like you said, people's approaches, a different. some people will look for the investor first won't they they'll qualify the investor they'll understand what they're looking for I, you know and, and there's nothing wrong with that it works i mean tina, tina walsh she's you know well well known name in the industry that's how she approaches it and she does very well with it uh lovely lady um personally i, I do it the opposite way i look for the deal and yeah. if i find the deal i know that i can find the investor and it's really structuring it that way so that um i'll package it and send it out to the database
0: mm, okay so uh, at what point did the peer-to-peer lending come into play in this and um, was that your intention from the outset?
1: Yeah absolutely you know having uh, a peer-to-peer platform was always the um, the, the in the plan if you like it was always a case of right okay to make that successful and if, if you look at other peer-to-peer lending platforms one of the biggest um, hurdles they have is, is deal flow so finding opportunities finding properties that they can they can fund so really that was our first step of building the franchise network so that we have a regular flow of property opportunities we could then fund uh, and help help the franchisees in that respect so it was always uh, our plan it was always a case of we knew it would take time to get fca regulated hmrc and pension approved going through those motions building the platform um but obviously while we we're doing that it was great because we were able to to build the franchise network alongside it so um, we officially launched the platform early last year um, and, and since then it's just gone from strength to strength.
0: Okay, and what is the idea that the people who buy the franchise, are they the main funders or is it, I mean, I, I understand it's open to anybody. What sort of percentage make up the people who who are already invested in the business?
1: They... Yeah, so our, our franchisees are, are borrowers in effect because... We only lend money to our franchisees, and and again, uh-huh. it's a decision we took from the beginning because it's um, we we looked at other platforms and we looked at what risks those platforms have to for investors. But one of the biggest risks is how well does that platform know the borrower? Mm-hmm. Quite often, you find that the borrower just simply fills in an application form online. It gets credit checks, and you know, it goes through several uh, layers, if you like, but it, it's still just an online transaction, and then they're approved, and they can they can receive monies of you know millions of pounds in effect. We wanted a model where we knew our borrowers a lot, lot better. So we understood what level they were at, what they could achieve, what was realistic, you know, to make sure that we weren't risking investors' monies. So that that's where the franchise model came. That's why the decision we made was we will only lend money to our franchisees because we know them, the borrowers, we support them, we train them and we help them in that respect. Um, and it's to give our investors an extra layer of protection, if you like, um, mm-hmm. So yet yeah, some of our franchisees are investors as well. We do invest into the platform quite often when they've done projects, they'll invest returns from the project. Um, and typically, the the, the platform, the peer-to-peer platform itself, generates an average ten to twelve percent return per annum. So it's still a really good return for for an investment you make, and if you invest it through your ISA or through your pension it's, it's tax free as well.
0: Mm-hmm. So on that note about the pensions because you work with a lot of people who use their SAS pension funds um is that does that change anything in terms of the borrowing or the lending?
1: Yeah I mean there's a structure that's in place you know through HMRC so um but it's generally dealt with by the trustee who, who mm-hmm. work with the SAS so um you know we we would go to that if it was a new SAS trustee as an example we'd go to them we provide them uh, a document that evidences our procedures and yeah, our registration and, and uh, regulation, so that they're comfortable that they're dealing with somebody who who knows how to to deal with the money, and obviously reduces the risk. And uh, when we return the money, um, it's returned to the pension, not to the client. So there are certain procedures we have to follow in place there. But you know, you are right. A lot of our investors are SaaS investors, um, simply because the the people that um, typically, if you have a SaaS, you're actively Um, taking control of your pension you're actively looking to increase it and and get a better return and and this is a way that um, you know people can utilize that without having to buy the property themselves they can still a lot of people invest with us through SAS are doing what we call earn and learn Mm -hmm. so there's there's so many people who you know property is a huge magnet and people want to learn about property and how to develop it and this is a great way that you can invest into a project and you can follow the project right the way through. You, come, you can come on site and do site visits. You can meet the builders, the developers, the borrower, you know, the, the uh, design team. And you can ask those different questions that you're just unsure of or you want to learn yourself. And it's just a really nice way of learning new things, new skills, and how property development actually takes place, the good, the bad and the ugly, in effect. Um, so you know, we all know it's there. It's just a lot of people will try and gloss over it, whereas we're quite open. In terms of saying to people we're holding open days or you know the qs reports or anything else we publish so that we can make sure that our investors are, are informed with them
0: yeah sounds very transparent and what does that look like in terms of um an investor is there a minimum you know amount that people can invest in one project or
1: Bill- billions <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it, it, that's that's one of the things that I, I love about it. I mean, one of the big attractions for me for peer-to-peer is that it's um, it's a system that everybody benefits from, and it's open to everybody in respect of the investment levels. So the investment level for ourselves is £250. Um, but the, the system itself, you know, when you think about how peer-to-peer works, you as the investor are investing into a project to help somebody else complete a project. Um, where they'll re- receive a return, you'll receive a return for that investment. So everybody in Loop is, is benefiting, um, and, and on that basis, um, you know itself, it, it's there to drive successes and it to make sure that everybody's benefiting and, and getting great returns from it as well.
0: And is there a minimum term for the investment?
1: Each project's different. So with ourselves, you actually look at the projects and you can you can read about the projects. You can look at the survey reports. You can get a lot more information about them. Um, but yeah, ultimately, um, each project's different. So we have six-month projects, eight months, twelve months, eighteen months. And um, you can spread your investment across different investment terms. So it really depends. You know, if you're saving up for something specific, you can find, you can find a project that that fits that, that term period if you like. Uh, our average is twelve months. Um, so it, it really depends what you're looking to do.
0: So you invest in a project for the the length of the project or can you just if it was like let's say a two-year project and you wanted to just invest it for six months does that work or is it you are actually no, investing in the project
1: yeah you're invested in the project yeah at the moment we don't have a secondary market so it's something we're looking to introduce early next year but uh, as it stands now a lot of our investors in, in honesty michelle they invest because they um, they want the money kind of tucked away they want to know it's away for 12 18 months because quite often finding another project is you know it's, it's more work for them whereas if they know that they've got on all of our properties we offer first charge security so if they know that they're in a project for 12 months or 18 months with first charge security then they've got the comfort there they're getting monthly updates they're quite happy then just to leave it in mm,
0: yeah i can see that and and then by the end of the project they can just choose to reinvest in another another project or take it out
1: yeah, we we did something really cool, um, if you get a chance to have a look at it. Um, we did a, a video about uh, compounding interest. So um, one of the, the real benefits is particularly, the video is particularly based on the ISA. So if you look at your ISA allowance, you've got £20,000 per year. So if you invested your ISA allowance per year, you know, and you're earning 12% on that, the first year you get the 12%, and the next year you're earning interest on the the capital plus the interest again Mm so and that that interest just keeps compounding and compounding And we we wrote out a 17-year plan that if you were to do this so within month 17 you've well year 17 so you've generated a million pound um, tax-free you know by year I think it was by about year five you were able to buy a uh, standard uh, family home cash Um, by year seven or eight were able to get your own private island and you know, there are some really cool things there, but it's quite nice that, you know, if you're planning, particularly for retirement, you've got a 10-year gap now or 50 year and actually the ice is quite a powerful tool, particularly with compounded interest.
0: Okay. Yeah, it's Einstein who says it's the eighth wonder of the world, doesn't he? And he said um,
1: it certainly is, yeah.
0: something like, if you understand it, you earn the money, and if you don't understand compound interest, then you pay it.
1: <laughs> yeah. that's really um, well actually i like that one
0: (laughs) feel free to steal it from einstein um yeah so okay um is there anything what you know what do people not understand or not realize about peer-to-peer lending or you know is there some kind of misconceptions people have um that you want to address
1: yeah i I think with with peer-to-peer lending there are different types so you get you get peer-to-peer lending for businesses peer-to-peer lending for charities and you know there's cars now there's all types of different things and, you know what 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 i like about our pit type of peer-to-peer is the fact that it's property based so it's asset backed so you know you have a comfort there and sometimes when we speak to people they'll say well you know what security do i have and you know we have first charge security we only lend up to 70 percent um, of the loans of value so there's equity in the, the property as well um and, and obviously the fact that um you know, we, we have certain rights where if there's an issue or problem, we can step in. And having such a strong property background as a team, we're able to help the borrower if they hit a, a problem or an issue. We're able to actually say about, okay, let's restructure this or to make sure that we can get out of it, pay the interest, pay the capital back to investors and protect them. You know, as a business, we've got a 0% um, you know failure rate. So 100% repayment to investors. So that's really important to us. Yeah. You know, we're very proud of that. We push it uh, an awful lot. Um, you know, quite, quite often the questions we get are generally down to security and, you know, we use the, the best in terms of the first charge security, personal guarantees um, and level of equity in the deal as well. So we are making sure we, we tick all the boxes.
0: Yeah, I was going to say that usually the first question is, well, you know, what's the risk and what, how do I know I get my money back? <laughs> um,
1: yeah.
0: But like you said, the I think quite,
1: Sorry, I was going to say, I think quite often as well we get, um, it's the return. Some people are wary that, that it's quite a good return, 10, 12%. Yes. So quite often you find that people say, well, how can the developer afford to pay that? But mm-hmm. ultimately, if you match it to sort of bridging finance, and you'll know this, Michelle, being a property lady, you know, bridging finance isn't cheap. It's 10 to 15 sorry, 10 to 15% on average. So, you know, we're only in those limits and that's what a lot of, you know, very large developments build are built on as well, bridging finance. So, you know, we're not doing anything that's unusual. Um, we're just filling a huge, huge market there that, that's very, you know, work, works really well with great security. And, and in the meantime, we can offer great returns to the investors as well.
0: So would people, you said there's 70% loan to value. So you would lend 70% and would you lend the development costs as well at 100%?
1: Yeah, so 70% is the overall amount that we, we go to. So um, oh, okay. that's, that's, that's the maximum we go to. Our average is about 60%. Um so you know we will lend 100% of the um, development costs and you know up to 60-70% of the purchase price as well depending on the actual structure of the deal so uh, a number of things are taken into account I mean we've got five layers of due diligence that the half has to pass and it's got to be signed off by the credit committee um, in the same respect as I say our team are used to analyzing deals and it goes through that process at the very beginning as well so it's quite a thorough um, review before we look before we look at actually what are the final figures and we have a risk matrix that it's applied to as well uh, which spits out a number and a grading, which we can then apply to say okay this is the rate this is the return this is um this is how comfortable we are to do it and, and can we offer it to, to investors before it's put on the platform
0: okay and if um for example people would like to borrow the money that so your franchisees they want to borrow the money and so normally would people go to bridging like you say but they'd go to bridging because of the speed and the certainty is that kind of you know how do you fit in with the sort of speed element and obviously you've got to do your due diligence but for example could one of your franchises use it for an auction purchase
1: yeah there's there's different structures that we can use it for so you know speed is one of the benefits um i think um finance is like a really fascinating thing isn't it in terms of if you're from the property world you know and when i was when i was developing properties and I, i don't know if you've experienced as well Finance is that kind of like dirty word that builders and developers, they don't like to get into. The, it's a world that most of them don't understand. And, you know, I was the same when I was doing. in the respect that you're worried about saying the wrong thing. You, you don't know if you're overselling yourself or underselling yourself. You don't know, you know, um, if the finance company actually have the finance because that's generally quite a big problem as well. Some, quite a lot of the time, bridging companies are waiting for money to come back in before they can relend. So there's lots of kind of unknowns, and uh, I remember dealing with a lady who um, quite well known in the, in the finance in the, in the property uh, circles, but she she's based in Dubai. She was coming over uh, for a week a month, um, finding developers and basically going to them to say, "Look, we'll um, we'll fund your deals, um, and you get forty percent of the profit." And To me, I just thought there's no way a developer is going to do that, and you know she she already had about forty developer projects she was working with, and I just mm-hmm. thought, "Wow!" And, when I started talking to them, it was purely down to the fact that they've just, they didn't want the headache. They know how to build. They understand Mm -hmm. that sector, they know it inside out. They just didn't like the finance sector. So it's nice from our side that what they are getting extra is that, that kind of closeness and communication that, you know what? It's a simple process we've built. We train you, we teach you how to go through it. We're not teaching you, you know, how to, um, to mask anything because you can't, you know, that ultimately it's an independent value. It's an independent QS. It's, land registry it's the solicitors it's all solicitors double checking everything so um it's more of a case of how to present it how to support people properly in in enough you know in such a speed and, and a way that you don't lose the deal you don't lose the opportunity mm-hmm. um and do it properly and professionally and and you know then deliver be able to deliver that with the team around you and sometimes that's worked quite well with us because our franchisees aren't all new people and um, we've got a lot of really experienced developers that work with us as well and you know, sometimes we're able to say to them, look, this this deal works really well, but you're missing this aspect, whether it's a, a project manager or you know someone specific. Mm-hmm. And then you can kind of see the light being switched on in terms of they think, well, yeah, actually, I could do a lot more if I had that person. That's the, yeah. the skill gap I'm missing. They bring them into the team and suddenly they're able to take on more projects. Yeah, well, it's
0: in your interest that everything goes as smoothly as possible and... Uh... <laughs> you know you're reducing the risk on your side by supporting the people you're working with in the team so yeah makes sense
1: yeah absolutely that, that's all of it is de-risking looking at the situation de-risk as much as we can
0: okay um so where do you see this going you've you know solidified you know that a lot the business it's got really solid foundations in terms of the structure there and providing these services to investors and sources but what do you see the next, I do know, who knows what's happening next week at the moment? But... <laughs> yeah. I
1: was going to say, I'm hoping yeah. you be able to grab me lawsuit, so.
0: You have to give me the like, yeah. pre-Covid plans and then now.
1: going to play which one depends? Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, let's be honest, we don't know. I, I do think there's going to be, at the moment, we're experiencing a, a bit of a bubble, aren't we, in terms of uh, there's been almost like the Christmas effect where there's that pent-up um, frustration of people have stayed in the house for three months they realised it's too small or you know they've fallen out etc so there's a nice burst to the market at the moment and obviously the stamp duty change is helping as well you know so how long that will last i don't know i think realistically we're going to start seeing some changes or slow down certainly before october because as furlough has reduced we're going to start seeing the real effects of unemployment aren't we so and that that's going to have an effect um, and then we you know once we know the true effects of that we're looking then at the bounce back um, i think uh, a few few people have quoted sort of a v-shape where they'll, we'll see a drop and then hopefully a fairly quick recovery and hopefully that's true you know the government have been fairly quick to act in different areas to keep uh, the economy going and, and hopefully they'll they'll see that as well so i think they're prepared that there's going to be a lot more unemployment unfortunately announced um, mm. So yeah, for us as a business, and it's not, not a very nice thing to say sometimes, but in reality, um, when it is more difficult, we get much better deals. Um, we've had a few which we, were, you know, we had in the pipeline, we were negotiating, we were actually looking to fund about four, um, and we went back to the, uh, the franchisees and said, look, you're going to have to go back and renegotiate, and mm-hmm. every single one of them renegotiated really heavily because the sellers didn't know what was going to happen, they yeah. were unsure as well, and they were at the stage of where we were, we were close to exchange completion. We just want to get it through. So we have already seen where we're getting some really good opportunities at some really good prices. Um, you know, ho- hopefully that continues. And uh, But in the same respect, we want to see a recovery because the things that we have been building, we want to sell as well.
0: Yeah, I think there's, um, there's that element of you, you, you know, there's no point in you taking on a deal now an exchange and exchanging, completing if, you know, it's not going to be worth it as much in a in a couple of months time because if and the plan is to sell it again because that's your you know, you've got to look out for your investors at the end of the day
1: um, yeah no absolutely yeah. i think i mean we've just funded one very recently um and it's it funded in three minutes um but the loans value on it was less than 50 percent now for us we're comfortable with that because the risk really is with the borrower the franchisee they've put a lot of funds into the the, the project um it's quite a straightforward re, uh, refurbishment to be fair um, but it's looking at the opportunities a little bit differently in terms of, okay, where does the risk lie? What, How can we, again, de-risk the situation? Um, and we are finding that, that a lot of the, the franchisees, and the borrowers, are coming along and putting substantial deposits in to de-risk the property to make it more attractive to investors. Um, we've just done a, a large one of over £700,000, which, um, again, the loan-to-value on that from day one is 17%. So, you know, it's, it's a huge yeah. difference that we can, we can say to people we're de-risking it. And, and ultimately, yeah. we've got first-charge security. The risk really is on the borrower at the end yeah. of the day there.
0: Fair enough. And um, moving forward in uncertainty, obviously, you know, we don't know everyone has got a crystal ball, but are there any measures that you're putting in place as a business or advising your franchisees or investors? Anything different that you are? continuing to de-risk with
1: yeah i think i'd say that the we're looking at obviously having more equity in the deals the opportunities that's probably one of the key ones we've, we've mm-hmm. put in place um at the beginning of lockdown we started to look at our due diligence process um and then it's really just looking at the active uh, surveyors um you know who's it, it's quite interesting at the moment because you're getting a bit of a mixed message from some of the different surveyors and uh, feedback certainly from different areas some are, are a lot more cautious than others we've still got some surveys that won't even go out of value at the moment you know which is it's crazy because that's their job um because they're just too concerned of what happened in 2008 the, the kind of backlash of insurance claims and stuff yeah. whereas um obviously are concerned that might happen again but i, th- I think from the, the message we're sending out to a lot of our investors is um I think, you know, you, you, you put a great quote out before and there was another great quote before, wasn't there, where, you know, if everybody's running one way, you should be running the opposite way. Yeah. Um, and that, that's the reality now. And that's what we're saying to our franchisees. Look, a lot of people are trying to get out of the market. They're worried. This is the time to buy. You know, mm-hmm. if you look at the property cycle, this is the time where you're going to get those deals. You're going to, you're going to buy. Um, we'll support you with, with the training, the funding, etc, cetera, etc. Cetera. So, you know, and and the very active, the very... Uh, focused on getting those deals across the line which which is great and i'm looking well, at the other guys in the market as well i'm so there's black uh or what they call our blackstone okay. blackstone group so you know one of the, the biggest investment groups in the world um just as lockdown came they, straight away they went and raised i think it was 10 billion pounds to buy property because they did the same thing in 2009 2010 right. at the time i think they raised one to five billion but um you know they made such a high return on it because it was the right time to buy when everybody else was getting out
0: yeah absolutely wow well it comes back to the education doesn't it and having those um the deal analysis understanding what it is you are buying or putting your money into and um your team there already know what they're doing so that's as, as you know it's as good as you're gonna get isn't it in terms of de risking, you know, nobody knows what's going to happen, but you just do everything you can and um, and cover all angles.
1: Yeah, and I think as well, you're the other really good thing is technology. You know, technologies, you, you probably see this being at the forefront with YPN and, and you know in property as well. But there are some great tools that have come to the market. You know, land insight, things like that, property data, where before it would take days or weeks to gather that data together, and you click a button, it's there now, and it makes it makes the analysis a lot lot easier you've still got to apply you know um, yourself to it in some respects and experience to it but there's some great great functionality that you can utilize there and, and data you can collect which is brilliant to to help forecast what's going to happen mm-hmm.
0: okay so where can people find out more about um, the business if they want to invest or um, you know they want to know more about what is you guys do where's the best place?
1: Yeah, so on our, our main website, sourced.co, and it's just CO at the end. Um, on there you'll be able to see uh, the five different divisions. Um, and if you want to click on source capital, that will take you through to the uh, the peer to peer platform uh, where you'll be able to understand about the returns, the types of projects, um also, you know, feel free to give us a call and speak to one of our team. Um always happy to help and answer any questions.
0: Fantastic. Well, really appreciate your time today explaining it all to us. It's uh, like I said, I think it's a very Solid model, and um, I wish you all the best with it. The next, you know, who knows how long, you know, the uncertainty might last for. But uh, you know, it's just life, isn't it? You've got to deal with what life gives you, and um, and do your best along the way. So all the best with it. Oh,
1: thank you very much, Michelle. Really appreciate your time in the interview, and uh, thanks for every, everybody else behind you. Great team. Thank you.
0: Great. Thanks, you, and take care. And for yeah. everybody else who's listening, if you are not yet a subscriber to the magazine then please feel free to click the link in the show notes and get your first magazine free. And that's it for today. See you guys later. Bye.